a lot of us find significance in how busy we are mm-hmm. because we've learned that from the masculine. Mm-hmm. And when we as women are showing up in entrepreneur space, many of us have been conditioned to learn what success is from a masculine energy in our life. For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough. Being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be. And I want to invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. Today's guest is one that I'm very excited to chat with. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. I have been in need of someone like you, your presence and the way that you show up in the world for a very long time. We are going to be talking a lot about finances and our relationship with money today. Mm. And my journey with money is definitely still in process. (laughs) I don't know if you feel that way too. Of course. Um, But I definitely have learned a lot and grown a lot in this area of my life and have recognized that so much of it comes from the way that I was raised and the experiences that I had when I was little. So without getting too deep into all of that before we even officially introduce you, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to be here to support your community. And yeah, my journey is is very interesting. I was a TV producer and climbing the corporate ladder and thinking that I was doing everything right to be happy, except that I really wasn't. Like many women, you know, we do what we're supposed to do. And then we say, hey, wait, this isn't really actually bringing me joy. So I decided that I was going to follow my path of really wanting to help other women through inner work and sharing my life experiences. Because, you know, I think like many people who decide to start an online business, I had like this passion to just share what I had been through because I felt like I had been through so much in my life and I wanted to help other women navigate that as well. So It's what started as a personal development focused and centered mission, quickly expanded into helping female entrepreneurs because there are so many women in the online space who are trying to make money doing what they love. And they have all of this fear or block or money resistance or feelings of not being good enough. And so that was really where I started to root my line of service was in helping women really break those patterns because those patterns are what create your entire reality, you know, Mm -hmm. even outside of being a businesswoman. So that is what I do. I have online courses and trainings and retreats and things like that. And I've been doing this work for five years. I think I'm coming up on my sixth year in October, which is really cool to think about. And yeah, just super grateful to do this work. I have chills as you're saying that and just realizing like, 
I, maybe this is a great place to start the conversation, but I think as I began to look into growing my business, I joined a mastermind and really like dove in, took some risks, took some chances that maybe I wouldn't have felt comfortable to, except that we got an EIDL loan before, mm. through, because of COVID. So I took all these like risks with some of that money just to get really specific and honest about where that money came from okay. and dove into this mastermind. And I, had the most incredible experience in it. One of the things that continued to come up though, is that I would like set these goals or set these, this is what I really want, even financially or with my business and the ways that I wanted to grow it. But what would always come up really when I rooted it down was that I'm not worthy. Mm. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of receiving this. I'm not. And so I started to recognize, wow, so much of it really is rooted in my self-worth. It's really rooted in this belief that people like me, people like us, people like my family, people like all of the ways that I've received as conditioning are not worthy of successful business or lots of money. Let's get really honest with it. Even that still feels like, I don't know, am I allowed to say that? Without working really, really, really hard and Mm. sacrificing time with your family and Mm. giving up on things that you really want. And so it's been really incredible to recognize that. But I think sometimes there's still a lot of work for me to be done of like, okay, now how do I reprogram that? So let's kind of begin the conversation there on First of all, how do you reprogram it? And second of all, like, where do you often see that those deep-rooted beliefs kind of begin to inform our subconscious? Mm, Yeah, so there's so much, as you're talking here, I'm like, there's so much I want to unpack because I love all this conversation. No, it's so good. You know, I think so many of us, when we start our businesses, our drive is to get out of pain, right? We Mm -hmm. as human beings are driven by two internal motivators, the drive to get out of pain and the drive to create pleasure. But many of us, especially women, and this is where, you know, I kind of had my realizations where I was studying from, you know, male thought leaders of the success community, right? Like Brendan Burchard and Tony Robbins. And it's like, go, go, go achieve, achieve, achieve. And I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm doing all this. I'm exhausted. And the whole time I'm doing it, I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I can't have this. I think for a lot of women, we have been in this constant drive to get out of pain, Mm. whether that's financial pain or unworthiness or feelings of scarcity, feelings of not being good enough. And we say, okay, let me just get a little bit more away from this. And what ends up happening for a lot of us is that we forget how to be driven by pleasure. Mm. And so we say, just like you said, you know, writing down your goals of what you wanted to create for yourself and being like, oh my God, like this feels even hard to say out loud what it is that I want. It's because we have sort of removed that pleasure sensory from our, our bodies because we're constantly in this fight or flight, especially if we've been through trauma in our life. Right. And so mm where does this all start, right? Like that was the question that you had first asked. This all starts between the ages of two and 12. You know, we see things growing up and we give what we see a very important meaning, whether that's, I see dad stressed about money and that means that life is about stressing over money. Or, you know, I see my mom and my dad fight about money. And so that means that if there's a lot of money, there's going to be fighting. And so we have like the subconscious sort of experience with how we learn what money is and what it does for us. And we also learn these unhealthy patterns of like the story that says, I can't have what I want. Mm -hmm. 
for a lot of us, we've been through things where we like went to achieve something and it didn't work. And so now we're like, wait, but I really want to achieve this. And like, I don't know, maybe I can, maybe I can't. So really like that, that second question of like, how do we unravel these things? Right. And and where do we go when we're on this journey? I think the first step is really just being aware of two elements, you know, number one, what it is you actually really want. And so cool that, that you've been able to share that with your community that drive for bigger and getting clear about it. You know, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like when I'm at that level? And then being aware of anything that comes up when you're in that experience and giving yourself permission to ask, well, where did the story come from? Majority of our stories about what we're capable of or what life means or what we're you know, destined for are stories that are not actually ours. They're stories that have been passed down to us. And so we have to make a conscious decision to say, hey, I don't actually want that story. I want a different one. And then cultivating a life with that new perspective. That's really what subconscious reprogramming work is all about in its root essence. Gosh, that's so good. One of the things that I wrote down was actually like how far, I'd be curious to know your thoughts on like how far back do those stories go? Like how, because I totally believe in like generational, like how things are passed down. And I've learned recently that it's even on a cellular level that that can happen. Like our cells can begin to take different forms or different shapes because of a trauma that's happened generations before us in our lineage. And so I'm just so interested in your perspective on what is that like with money? How far back does that go? Yeah. And I think it's really important to also say this too, that like we have a responsibility in our lifetime to do our healing work for ourselves so that we can pass down a different DNA sequence, if you will, you know, yeah. of what, what our relationship with money is and what our relationship with love is. And we also don't want to feel like we're on this endless cycle of trying to uproot things that maybe didn't happen in this lifetime. Mm. And it's also important to visit that stuff, right? Like my my grandmother, oh my gosh, did she exhibit trauma and money scarcity in her life, right? Oh, she grew up in Italy during the war, barely had enough money to eat, came to America by herself at 16, worked in a sewing factory. And my, my mom, she had a huge trauma in her life and huge scarcity as a result. And now I'm here saying, wait a minute, hold on. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to pass this down to my family. So it's everything. It's like asking, where did the color of my hair come from? Right? Like we mm-hmm. go all the way back or where, where did my blue eyes start? You know, we could, we could play that game of going deeper and deeper and deeper. We're human beings having a human experience. So of course, like we're going to carry emotional meaning for the things that we've been through. And it's up to us to rewrite all of that. Mm, I love that. I know that for you, healing, being like on a healing journey has been a huge part of that. Would you kind of speak a little bit more to the importance of healing with specifically your relationship to money and your business growth? Mm, Oh, this is so good. I like this question. (laughs) Um, And this is important, I think, for me to just explain like, When I started my entrepreneur path, I was very much focused on the stuff I had to do, Mm. right? And I would YouTube marketing strategies and and study MailChimp for six hours and figure out my website and, you know, all those strategic things. And I would work really, really, really hard. And the whole time I felt like, maybe this will work and maybe this won't. 
And then I had to think about, well, okay, when I'm showing up in that energy, what am I creating for myself, right? It's like going to the gym, being like, well, maybe this will work, you know, and you're on the elliptical and half pushing and half being present. And that was really what was coming up for me. So I needed to really get behind a like concrete layer of certainty that I was, that I was incredible. You know, I think we all have to do that. We all have to embody that because if we look at, consciousness, spirituality, you know, this component of like us, we're all divine, we're all incredible, but we don't often give ourselves permission to feel that way. And so when I started to look at people who are really successful doing really big things, I would watch them on videos or I would watch them on their Instagram. And I would be like, wow, that person doesn't look like they exhibit an ounce of insecurity. They are so themselves. They're so there. They're so bold. And of course, we all carry insecurity, but I realized that mine was really running the show. Mm. And that's really, I think, the first step to recognizing you want to go on a healing journey. Number one, you don't have what you want in your life in some area, whether it's your relationships or your money right, or your health. And so with business, when I kept showing up and trying to do all these things and not getting results, I really needed to take a look and ask like, what the common denominator was. And it was me. You know, and I had to get really clear with like, okay, I I very truthfully have resistance here around feeling good enough. I truly have a story here that says that I'm not going to create success, or maybe I will, but maybe I won't. You know, it was like this was a luck game, and I was throwing the dice, trying to take a chance at something, and I didn't like that. I, I wanted to have a belief that said, I want to do this, and therefore it's going to be amazing right? And just following that drive and desire. And so healing for me has been an opportunity of rewriting all of the stuff underneath the surface of my identity. I wanted to be somebody who could show up on Instagram and not worry about what I looked like, right? I wanted to be able to do a Facebook live and feel powerful or podcast video and not think about, oh my God, do I look stupid? Am I saying things right? Like, oh my, is this good? You know, I wanted to just be a hundred percent myself. And that required me to know all the parts of me. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where the healing journey came into play. And with money, this has been an ongoing path for me of recognizing when I have a story around money, like investing, right. And being like, okay, well, maybe that's a bad decision. That's risky, irresponsible, right. I would pause and I would say, okay, whose story is that? Mm -hmm. And most of the time I could identify that it was like my mom or my dad, almost always, right? Mm -hmm. Something would come through. And then I started to ask myself, okay, well, is this true? Is it really true that spending a boatload of money on something you believe in is bad? Is it really true? And just harnessing that like deep search of question to find your own compelling truth, because The truths we've been carrying for our stories, you know, when they're from the ego, they're not truth. They're one perspective that's been passed down to us. And if we can see that other people in the world have a different perspective, we can also choose a different perspective for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that. I don't even remember exactly the timing, but I remember you referencing like earlier on in your journey. And I think to you, it, it sounded like maybe even that felt like a long ways in. For me, so that transformation started to happen where you started to become a little more self-aware of that, like at some point in your journey, which to me is like an early point. And for me, it was like over 10 years into business. And I wow. still was in that like, 
I would call it like the hustle mentality, you know, where it was like, work hard, you got to work harder. Like it's not working. So I must be doing something wrong. So therefore I need to work harder and I need to learn more. And Mm. to the point where I started at sacrifice for me, that real transition, the real change came when my daughter was born, because all of a sudden I had, you know, a new life that needed to be cared for. And I, my Mm. values shifted. Your feminine energy activated too. Absolutely. Wait, holy shit. Living in the masculine, like this isn't serving me. Yes, Mm -hmm. totally. 100%. Yeah. And I think that there's like, what I want to call attention to is that it's never too early and it's never too late to begin that journey, to start that process of being aware of those stories and those relationships that we have with our past and with the beliefs that we carry from generations before us. And it's not a disrespect to them either, that Mm -hmm. it's very much with compassion and love, you know, that we begin Mm -hmm. to kind of bring awareness to that and to reprogram that and to retrain it. Yeah. And also too, like your ancestors want you to heal, right? Mm -hmm. Like your parents want better for you than what they had for themselves. And that requires you to think differently, right? You know, and that's so important to remember we as human beings are really designed to want to be alike. You know, you talked about how things can get passed down from our DNA. Dude, you know, if you go back to like the hunter and gatherer ages, you needed to be like everybody else because if you didn't, you would die. They'd be Mm -hmm. like outcasting you, separating. And this is why like the witch wound is so strong for so many women. This is why, you know, we're so sensitive about fitting in and belonging. It has nothing to do with truth. It's literally a program that you have been carrying from your primal experience as a human being. And so, you know, if that's the case, we need to be aware of what a soul-led life looks like versus being a human, having a human experience. Instead, we are a soul having a human experience, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to say, wow, I feel like this is really tender for me. Like I'm afraid to fit in. Whew, something's coming up. But just being aware that that's the body and that's a very like DNA sort of primal thing that gets passed down. It's not really who we are, you know? Mm. And when we look at, this real truth of our families wanting us to do better, it requires us to think better. We can't do better until we believe better, until we see with a different perspective that's better, until we, you know, have a different point of view that's better. So all of that internal work is really powerful and is never too late and it's never too early, right? Mm -hmm. I'm still, I'm on my sixth year and I'm navigating my relationship with money in an even deeper way now of like, okay, like I know how to make a fuck ton of money, but now what does it look like when I can sit on a lot of money and I don't need a lot of things. And I'm like minimal, that's where I'm going. It's like minimalistic life. That's what I want. Yeah. So it's just, you know, like our whole life is a healing journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You started it before you knew you did. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I love, let's go back to the, you know, like activating that feminine energy, because I, Mm. one of the things that I had written down that I wanted to have a conversation with you about was living kind of in that masculine hustle culture. And I feel like it's already come up, you know, in a couple different ways throughout our conversation, but I would love to know, you know, our audience has probably heard me talk about it some, so we don't need to dive like super deep into it, but Mm. I would love to know, like, what has your journey been like getting into that more feminine side and really activating that within yourself? And what does it look like on a daily basis for you to live in that feminine energy where you're Mm. giving yourself permission to find value and worth in yourself without having to do, 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 push hard, push hard, be, be, be. 
Yeah. So one thing I just want to touch on here, because what it's coming up for me is like a very clear memory that I feel called to share. So when I was a kid, I didn't really have to work hard to get good grades. You know, this was part of my work is looking back and for all of us looking back at childhood, you know, mm-hmm. what, it, how was I as a kid and how did my parents treat me and what are the things they said? And I remember my mom would come home from work after working a really long day. And I would say, mom, I got a 96 on my test. And she said, well, if you actually studied, you probably would have gotten a hundred. And so I would learned through this pattern of, you know, I was never even, she would come home and the chores would be done. She'd be like, why are you lying on the couch? You should be working. You should be doing this. Mm. It was this perspective of two things. Number one, you need to work hard to reach a good status, right? And, And you need to push and you need to force. And number two, yeah, just that it's never enough. You know, that feeling of like, okay, well, I always need to be doing something. A lot of us find significance in how busy we are mm-hmm. because we've learned that from the masculine. Mm-hmm. And when we as women are showing up in entrepreneur space, many of us have been conditioned to learn what success is from a masculine energy in our life, like our father, right? We've saw that growing up. And so now we're here and we go, okay, I want to be successful. What do I know about that? What did dad do? Okay, let's do it. You know, and we start to show up that way and it creates this high level of burnout for many of us. You know, for me, it manifested as chronic illness and Lyme disease and having, you know, very, very difficult times within my body because I was pushing. I gained a lot of weight. I was chronic fatigue, brain fog, And so you'll notice if you are in that overdrive and some women are more masculine than others, right? That's Mm -hmm. not to say I'm not speaking to gender on those elements, but just that, you know, you'll notice you are in overdrive if you start getting brain fog, if you're feeling frazzled, if you feel like you need a lot of sleep, if you want to escape your business all of a sudden, there's no balance of nourishment and there needs to be nourishment for us because as entrepreneurs and as women, we're the vessels of our business. So, you know, we create very differently from men, right? (laughs) What do men do to create? They just fucking have an orgasm and that's it, right? (laughs) right? (laughs) Creation. Yay. That was easy. Right. (laughs) But they, they go. And for women, we sit, we rest, Mm. we birth, right? Mm -hmm. We grow. And so, you know, we have to understand, I'm getting like chills as I say that, We have to understand that our creative process is different. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean, right? My relationship with feminine was uh, I hit two half a million dollar years in a row. And I said, I'm not fucking doing this again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was tapped. I said, you know what? I'm not going to try to make more money this year. I'm going to try to make the same exact amount of money working less. Mm -hmm. And that requires us as women to speak up for support, right? To say what we need to ask for help, to take breaks and get organized too. But my relationship with my feminine starts with my relationship with the feminine within myself. So for me, nourishment is lots of bubble baths. It's going for long walks. It's drumming in my Zen den to meditation music and journaling and watching movies in bed. And I think too, honoring the cycle is really important because a lot of us, again, and I'm talking a lot here, but I'm so passionate. No, it's good. 
So a lot of us learn in order to be successful, it needs to be consistent. And that is true. But also what is our definition of consistency, right? What do you have to see and what do you have to know and what do you have to experience to say, oh, I'm being consistent. And for a lot of us, we're coming at it with this really masculine drive. And we say, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm going to wake up at this time. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. And we treat every day the same. But that structure of work is based on a masculine hormone schedule, Mm -hmm. right? The body, the male body cycles on a 24 hour hormone cycle, whereas women were 28 days. So every day is different, right? We're literally Mm -hmm. never the same human being throughout a 28 day cycle. So why would our days look the same? And that's been really important for me too. And just recognizing that while having daily tasks and making sure I get things done is a really important part of being a responsible business owner. It's also important to know how to flow and to make space for that fluid experience. Oh, I knew this was going to be good. And you are not disappointing. <laughs> I'm like, let's keep going. I love it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> One thing that's coming to mind for me is just actually might cry saying this, (laughs) is that the two, yeah, I totally am. The two greatest things I've ever created in my whole life are my children. And you know how much work that took to create? Like I mostly for nine plus months just did whatever. Like I could have just laid down the whole time. I did nothing. I was not in a doing state while that was being created. My body, my intuition, my the ability that is divine within me to actually produce a human. And I know that's something that, you know, not everybody wants or is possible. But for me, that was, those are by far the two greatest things I've ever created. Business, you know, personal life, anything. Like those are my greatest accomplishments. And I did them in a state of, created them in a state of just being. Like just a state of surrender. Yeah. Yeah. And and while we, you know, maybe have fear come up when we're pregnant around the health of the baby or things mm-hmm. like that, you're very certain when you wake up every day that you're birthing a baby. Like you're mm-hmm. very you're very aware that yeah. this is happening. So that level of certainty too mm-hmm. is really something to reflect on as well. Like can we carry that that energy into our work? Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. I wrote down something that I have heard you say before. You said your thoughts create your reality. If we want to change the way money flows to us in our business, we need to develop a healthy relationship with money. Yes. Will you speak a little bit more to like thoughts creating a reality and how that how we can begin to change our thoughts so that we change our reality in our business? I'm interrupting this episode briefly to invite you to have a little fun with our quiz. We love a good rye whiskey Manhattan around here, and we couldn't think of a better way to integrate our love for food and cocktails into our business than to develop a quiz that will help you discover what your business is craving. What is it hungry for? We've got seven short questions to help you uncover areas of your business that maybe need a little love or a little growth. To tap through and find out your results, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash quiz. Now back to the show. Yeah. So I don't think we're, we're really taught the right way. We're taught this approach as like humans to do and then get, and then become. Mm-hmm. We say, okay, I'm going to do this work so I can get this successful business so I can become mm-hmm. a successful version of myself. Right. And if you've ever done that before and, and you've gotten to the end of that rabbit hole, you know that it's a dead end mm-hmm. because you're waiting to feel something. And so 
part of this concept of like our thoughts create our reality. It's really about the thought systems we carry about ourselves and what we're capable of and what we deserve, right? Those thoughts are all really, really important. If I have a belief, which I have carried, I'm sure many women can relate to, that I'm not really good enough for good guys, Mm. I will be the woman who dates assholes all the time, right? My belief is creating that reality. If I believe I'm not good enough for the successful high-level job, And no matter how many interviews I go to, I'm going to carry that energy and it's not going to translate, right? Mm -hmm. To what I want. So our thoughts are things. And it's really important to remember that our thoughts give us an opportunity to be. So if I have constant thoughts of empowerment, I will probably be somebody who shows up in a very empowered way. And the actions I take are very different. And the way those actions are effective is very different. So our thoughts create our reality. And instead of doing to have to become, right, we need to be and then do and then have, right? Mm. And then pause and say, okay, now who do I want to be? Let's go even more into my empowerment. Let's go even more into my success. And uh, in business, especially, like I remember this really vivid moment in the early stages of my business because I took a big leap. I pulled my 401k to quit my job. And I left my apartment in the city. I didn't have a car, moved to a new state to live with my boyfriend in his parents' house and was (laughs) like, all right, for a year, I felt like such a failure. Oh my God. It was so mortifying. I was this successful TV producer who then all of a sudden was like living with her random new boyfriend in this new state (laughs) and like living in pajamas and just sitting at the desk all day trying to work. And every day my, my boyfriend, he's now my husband good guy would come home and uh, I would tell him all the reasons why things weren't working. Mm. Be like, I don't know. Like maybe I should just go back and get a regular job. This isn't working. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. He said, Lauren, you're focused on everything that's wrong, but what about what's right? What's going right? And I realized that because we are, we're human beings and we're all growing and we're all in movement at any given point, you're never dying, right? We're either moving towards something that we want or we're moving away from something that we want, but we're always moving. So if I can have my thoughts steer me in that direction, it's kind of like, you know, the analogy for this is when you're skiing, if you go to like take a ski instructor class, they tell you when you see the trees, don't look at the trees. (laughs) focus on the not trees. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, well, I want to avoid the trees. So let me look at them. But you go where you're focused Mm -hmm. all the time. So it's important to just have that different perspective of like staying on the slope and staying focused on where you're going and what you're creating. And when those trees come up, you know, the stories that say, hey, it's not working. I'm failing this, that, the other thing, just bringing yourself back into that moment of clarity because your thoughts do create your reality time and time again. Yeah, I love that you're saying like he brought up some of those and was able to kind of point that out because I do think that ties back into that conversation about like masculine and feminine. And I actually believe that everybody, all humans have both within them, like masculine and feminine energy. And that sometimes it's more about finding that right balance. And I actually think that's also always evolving and changing. You know, again, like going back to the cycle, like on one certain day, you may need to 
kind of borrow some more masculine energy to kind of feel more balanced. Or on another day, maybe you're like, hey, I have an abundance of this and I'm feeling really empowered and I can like knock some stuff out. Mm -hmm. I think that it just continues to evolve and change. And I love that we also have the opportunity to allow the people around us, our partners, supportive people, communities, friends, business friends, whoever it might be, to also speak into that and to be able to be our support when maybe we can't find that balance that we need for that day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you said is so true that we have these energies within us like, oh my gosh, please do not abandon your masculine energy because it's going to be like naked in the woods, like dancing and having fire ceremonies. Like this is not you know, this is not sustainable life. Like we need both, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I love my masculine, my masculine now, like I just notice when it gets a little bit more burnt out and everybody Mm -hmm. has different ratios, right? I would say in this season of my life, I'm embodying like a 70, 30, like 70% feminine, 30% masculine. But if you asked me two weeks ago, I was 50, 50 because I was in the middle of a Mm -hmm. launch trying to push things, you Mm -hmm. know, to be the best they could. So yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to dive into, I know one of the ways that I found you, you were part of a bundle where I purchased a bundle and then you were in there and we're going to get really honest about it. So you're the title of this, like your course that was a part of that bundle, I think equally intrigued me. And so I dove right in. You were one of the first that I was like, I got to, I got to go through this course. I got to do it as well as I am still processing kind of this idea. So the title was Millionaire Mindset. Mm -hmm. And this idea of becoming a millionaire, I feel like you're the perfect person to like have this honest conversation with because I think I know and trust you and your heart behind it. And I think there are some probably overarching attributes and just ways of doing and being and believing that somebody who has a million dollars typically would ascribe to. They would probably say, yes, this is all true for me. I think my hesitation or my like, I don't know, that originally came up for me was because I feel like so often this more masculine hustle culture that we live in is so prescriptive. And so they're all like, well, you should want a million dollars. Like that's what you should want. A million dollars, a million dollars. And I'm very sensitive to making sure that, especially that the students that I'm coaching or the people that are coming through my programs, that we can help to redefine, like what does success look like for you? That maybe you don't need a million dollars. Maybe you're not after that. Maybe you actually, you know, want half a million, or maybe you want to only reach like six figures, or maybe, maybe you're actually completely content with $50,000 if you can only work a handful of hours each week and spend more time with your kids, you know, really helping like redefine what that success looks like. And so while I totally like it worked because I was like, yep, like, yeah, I want a million dollars. That sounds great. Like I'm going to dive right into that course, that program. So I think there's something to be said about that, that our, our longings, like we always do think at least that we want more, think that we want a million dollars. But I would love to know, because I think you are the kind of person that probably has thought a lot about this and kind of broken down some of the behind the scenes. I would just love to hear your perspective on wanting a million dollars. What does that bring up? And what kind of work have you done? The golden question. Oh my God. Of the part, <laughs> this is it. Like this is the juicy stuff. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, here's the truth. like thinking as I respond to this, because there's a lot I want to say. Okay. Wanting a million dollars. Why do you want that? Right? Like that's really important to hold space for If you have a milestone that says, I want to be 140 pounds 
right? And it's a new, very good in an analogy here, right? Like a financial number, a weight loss mm-hmm. number. And you're saying, I want that thing. So that what? So that I can be sexy, so that I can feel accomplished, so I can feel mm. good enough, right? And so it's, again, it's that pattern we talked about before of like doing to have to then be. And what I have found to be really problematic is this chase of financial milestone to qualify us in our worthiness. Mm. And I did this. I did this for a long time where I said, all right, I'm just going to reach. This was the first one. I really liked my father-in-law, loved my father-in-law and my relationship with the masculine father figures that I want him to be proud of me, right? Mm -hmm. I want him to be proud of me. And so I at first was like, I'm just going to, we would sit down at the dinner table and I decided I was going to be able to share how much money I made. And so every couple of weeks I'd be like, Hey, guess what? I made X amount of dollars this month just to see his, his face and to see his pride. And then I realized that I was becoming kind of addicted to it where it was like, I wasn't chasing these numbers so that I could have the house I wanted or have the financial security I wanted, or, you know, feel really concrete and sound in my future planning. It was actually because I just wanted other people to be proud of me because I didn't know how to be proud of myself. Mm. And I chased and I went to, it was the same pattern that I had in corporate life where I climbed the ladder to achieve Mm -hmm. significance. And that's, I think a big thing, unfortunately, in this online space, there are a lot of women who are talking about how much money they make. Mm-hmm. Right? I had this 20K month. I had this 50K month. I did this. I did that. And we see all of that. And, and we think that, well, in order for us to feel fulfilled, we need those things as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. I don't need a million dollars a year, right? It's beautiful. It's amazing. But like, it's not necessary for me to feel joy, for me to feel pride, for me to feel accomplished. I could lose my business tomorrow. It doesn't matter, right? Like I'm whole, because I've done that work. And I think that's really, really important. And I think too, it's a shout out to like the digital course creator space in general is that we're like talking about these outcomes, but we're not actually taking pause to say, Hey, well, what does that actually look like for you? Mm -hmm. Like what you really actually want is success. Are you allowing yourself to feel that way right now? Mm-hmm. Are you focused on that as an energy that you're cultivating in your life every single day? Or are you just waiting for some end of the month number to go, oh, now I feel it. You know, like it's, yeah. it's not going to happen that way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's just, we need to really be aware of that and like check ourselves and everything in its essence is about being in right relationship with. If you look at lottery winners, for example, lottery winners will win millions of dollars but they've never actually shifted their identity to be a wealthy person. So they blow all of the money, right? This is a huge phenomenon in the lotto space where we've seen like so many people just lose it, all this money, right? Because they've never shifted their identity. And so, yeah, we need to identify with being worthy and whole and successful and all the things we want to feel at the end of the million dollars. We need to cultivate that regularly for ourselves. Mm, That's so good. Yes. 
I knew you'd have a good answer. Yeah, I was like, like, I'm kind of going to throw her out there. Like, we're going to throw you under the bus and try to figure I, this out. I, but love, I-, I love these topics. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say, but I just like hope it's good. It's yeah, like, no, so, so, so good. Yeah, I think, you know, for anybody that's listening, my brain goes to like, okay, well, what's next? Like, what's a practical thing that we could hand them to do right here and right now? And I think for me, what comes up with that question is, sit down and start writing out. Like if you have a financial goal that you want to reach, like sit down and start journaling about it. First journal and ask yourself like, why, why? Like, where does that number come from? Why do you want that number? Is it a monthly number? Is it an annual number? Like, where does that come from? And then I would say to maybe even take it a step further and like write out, how are you going to spend that money? What are you going to do with that money? And then maybe one, the last step that I can think of is like, how much time is that going to require of you? How is your current like support structure in your business going to allow, enable you to have time with your family, with, with your friends, to travel, to do things that you love, to live in that feminine energy or not? And would you possibly change that number mm. if it meant you could have more time to just relax? Is there anything else? Like, do you agree with that? And then is there anything else that you would want to add to that? Yeah. You know, I I think that when we're achieving a goal, we want to create a lot of leverage around that goal, whether it's business-related, health-related, doesn't matter. It's really about asking, why is this a must for me? Why is it, if I really want to achieve this, why is this a must? Why must this happen now? Why is this something that's so important to me? What's the leverage behind this? And that's really compelling. And we don't want to starve ourselves of all of the things that we're chasing until we get it, right? So mm-hmm. if you are really clear and you say, okay, what is it that I actually want for myself? Well, I want success. I want freedom because it's not money that you want. It's the emotion that it will cause. Mm-hmm. So what is that for you right now? And if I see that success for me is about freedom I want to really make sure that I'm building a vision of my business that's scalable, that also allows me that time. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, a really important exercise that you had shared to sit down and say, okay, if that is my goal, what has to happen mm-hmm. for me to actually hit that? And I would do this with all of my program launches for a year and map them out and just kind of ballpark and say, okay, roughly this and roughly that and see the vision of what my goals were and what I wanted to hit. And also learning how to be detached from that because what I have found in my experience is that whenever I do set those goals for myself, they generally happen in a very different way than what I had originally thought, you know? So just giving up the control of all of that. And then creating safe space to receive is about changing your relationship with money right now because this is the truth and the real reason why I actually stopped working so heavily in the business space and started focusing more on helping all women. And the the reason was because I was watching all of these women chase financial milestone, Mm -hmm. miserable, Mm -hmm. getting to that outcome, not being able to sustain it because they never shifted and did the inner work, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of women not rewrite their relationships with money. And what's really important, like we've talked about our relationship in our minds with the subconscious and the experiences that we've had, but we need to also rewrite our relationship with money in the present tense. And what that means is about learning how, like for me, 
first three years, every dollar I made, I probably spent because I didn't change my relationship with money to say, okay, no, that's not how I live. Actually, for every dollar I make, I put this in savings. I put this in a 401k. I put this in a retirement. I have this as an allowance. I never got clear on any of that. And so those first three years were crazy. It was just like, and what's really true for for all of us is that money does not change you. Money expands what you already are. Mm -hmm. So if you're broke now, you know, look at some of the wealthiest people in the world, like Michael Jackson went bankrupt. Can you imagine spending that much money, right? The guy, Mike Tyson, right? With the big tattoo on his face, bankrupt tons of money, but doesn't know how to have a respectful relationship with it. And so that's really, I think the thing I would add to that is like really actually develop a healthy relationship with money. Stop spending as a coping mechanism, right? Stop buying things you think will make you feel a certain way, you know, get really in that space of building a healthy relationship with what money is. Oh my gosh. So good. I would take that and kind of put my spin on it with values. Like I've been doing a lot of work on like, what do I really value and really getting clear on that, like shifting mentally and internally, like what's happening and what do I value more? Do I value more this moment of, you know, pleasure or this moment of the feeling that a purchase might make, or do I value financial security that maybe investing that money? And I think, you know, I don't know, there's no like right or wrong to any of it. You know, maybe there are times where we should make this like fun little splurge purchase and maybe other times where we should say, no, let's set that aside for something else. But I think for me, like that comes down to values. Like, what do I value more? And, and that can change too. (laughs) Oh, totally, totally. And also too, what came through for me as you were sharing, that's very much like a principle of getting out of pain. Mm. Versus wanting to create pleasure. Because if your value is health and vitality and you're so anchored into that and you're like, oh my God, it feels so good to be like so in my body and so energized and so healthy. And you value that and then you go see the burger, you're like, mm, no, right? Because yeah. your drive for pleasure of this mm-hmm. beautiful life that you can have, right? Is more important to you than this opportunity, small little thing that's mm-hmm. maybe going to create a little bit of pleasure, but that's yep. it. And then, you know, getting out of pain with weight loss, like we'll lose 10 pounds to gain five back and the Mm -hmm. yo-yo diet, right? Because we're still focused on getting out of pain. We're still focused on releasing weight rather than having the value of being associated with health and vitality. And I'm Mm -hmm. just a really healthy person. Yeah. Right. And anchoring into that, we say, oh, I don't want to be unhealthy. So we're, we're moving away from pain. But the minute we get a little bit comfortable, we go back into our old pattern. Yes. Or just feeling empowered, feeling good in your body. I think it's, again, you know, it's just kind of, I think painting a picture of that internal work that has to happen before you start to see that external. And just bringing this back to money, the same is true, right? Because if I can close my eyes and just imagine what it would feel like to walk into a store and to not worry about, you know, budget and Mm -hmm. being able to just be able to purchase what I want and paying attention to how good that feels in my body, Mm -hmm. right? And how comfortable that is and how secure I feel and harnessing that energy and cultivating that energy. And it's not about purchasing whatever you want. It's about being able to, Mm -hmm. right? Noticing how that feels, that Mm -hmm. opportunity, the the opportunity in front of you to be able to experience those things. So, Oh yeah, so good. I have one last question for you. 
So I remember you talking a little bit about the meaning that we give to our quote unquote failures in business. Mm -hmm. And you said, ask yourself, what would I be doing if I wasn't afraid to take risks? I don't have any more questions. I'm just going to let you (laughs) respond with that however you want. Oh my God. I love this. Wait, so you're using my teaching to ask me the question. Yeah, totally. That's oh what my just God. It's <laughs> okay. So what would I do if I wasn't afraid? Of- and the meaning that we give to our failures, because I think that's yeah. huge. Oh my God. Okay. So this is huge. I'm going to share a big moment that happened for me recently. I have been very aware for anybody who goes through like launch process in their business, And if you don't, that's basically where like your open cart is for a certain amount of time and then it closes, right? So there's all this pressure to receive happening all at once. And I create very emotionally based offers where what I birth in the world for my courses and my programs, they tend to be very true and deep essences of myself, right? So I made the six-figure biz babe course when I was just becoming a six-figure biz babe earner. And I, I recognized how important that was and all of the mindset work I was doing. And then I made the coaching mentorship. And this recently, this recent program, I made this program called Heal. And it was the very first time in my whole six-year journey here that I actually stopped focusing on business women and just said, here's a program for this work, take it or leave it. Right. And mm-hmm. I didn't try to market myself to a businesswoman or talk about how this affected your relationship with money. I simply said, if there's any aspect of your life you want to heal, come into this program. And the vision I have for my life and my work that I'm doing after going on this deep healing journey is this work. So I have all this heart center around it. I have all of this like, love for what I built and I opened the cart and it was just like, oh my God, it was just such an emotional roller coaster because I was like, what if I fail? What if I launch this and it doesn't work? What if nobody signs up? And the story I was giving that, I was identifying failure with if this program doesn't work, right? Okay, well, what does that mean? Like if nobody signs up, basically. If nobody signs up and I go broke because I'm following this passion and this purpose, right? That's the total ultimate failure. And I gave this launch the meaning that if this worked or didn't work would determine what I actually did with my life. Mm. And I really wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I had all of this heart and all of this passion related to it. But if I give my launch a meaning. And and this is really important to say too, your launches, your revenue numbers, your monthly income, they mean absolutely nothing about you. Mm -hmm. They They mean absolutely nothing about you. They are lessons to be learned and they mean nothing. So I would put all this pressure on myself and the launch went great. Amazing, right? Like, of course, but I had to really rewrite that and say like, okay, well, even if this program doesn't perform the way I want it to, I will figure it out and run it again and make it perform the way I Mm -hmm. want it to. And then I'll figure it out again and Mm -hmm. do it again. And it was just this level of knowing that my failure does not mean that I can't have my dreams, right? Mm -hmm. My failure just means, okay, maybe that road you took, maybe there's a dead end there, but let's do a little U-turn and let's go around this way and let's try this other path but you ultimately will always get to your destination. And so Mm. we really need to look at any journey of creating any outcome with that same love and respect that 
quote unquote failure, right? Failure stands for false evidence or no, this is fear, false evidence appearing real, right? Mm -hmm. So when we have all of this fear around success and whether or not we're going to achieve it, what we're really saying is like, well, maybe this evidence that I'm thinking of in my head, maybe that's like real and I'm going to end up, you know, not successful, but we just need to always anchor ourselves back. And so for me, what I would be doing if I could not fail, I would right now in this season, I would buy this like, I've been looking at it constantly, this like $1.5 million property in Sedona that has like, it's retreat space. Like it's like so Mm. beautiful and so legit. So I would do that and I would run the retreat center. And I know I will, but right now it's also too about recognizing that there are seasons of receiving. And so things can be like a hell yes. They can also be like a hell yes, not right now. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. Oh man, I feel like we could talk for hours more on all of that. Share some of my launch experiences and all the lessons I've learned with that too. I want to be respectful of your time. So are there ways that people can find you? Where can they go to find you, follow you, support you, get on your email list, buy your offers? How can they get more of Lauren? I hang out on Instagram, Lauren of Love. And my website is laurenoflove.com. And then there's also the Lauren of Love podcast. So you can check out any of those platforms. My courses are on the website and Millionaire Mindset's on there as well. And uh, yeah, it's great. Thank you so much. You've been such a delight and I'm so honored to have you on here. Thank you so much for having me. This was so beautiful. If you enjoyed this podcast today, do us a favor and hit subscribe and then leave us a review. In fact, to celebrate the launch of this podcast, we're doing a giveaway of $100 via Venmo for one lucky reviewer each month for the first three months. All you have to do is leave a review and be sure to drop your Instagram handle in the review so we know how to get in touch. If you're looking for more, you can find us at almondleafstudios.com or on Instagram at almondleaf. Remember, you are enough. You are love, you are light, and you are worthy simply because you exist.